It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy, with your hosts, Eric, Isaac, and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as movies they saw during the summer of 2022, choose your adventure stories, and more. And I just think it would have been a blast on the big screen because it would have been so loud and just over the top. It, and there's just so much going on in that episode. I don't know why they don't do that. I feel like they're just leaving money off, leaving money on the table. And it would just like make fans just go berserk. But well done. Well done, Stranger Things. Yeah, you feel pretty happy with the, uh, with the whole, because this was a final season, right? With the series finale? Negative, negative, penultimate season. Oh, okay. There is one more full season that they haven't started filming yet, but should soon. But, you know, can't wait. And then supposedly there's going to be a spinoff series, uh, whatever. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. No, it's, it seems like they'll stick the landing, whatever. Like, you know, that's what seems to make the difference of like a really great show. Um, versus, you know, misses the mark is how you end it. And at least it looks like they have a plan or it looks like they've had a plan. So it seems like they're going to end it well. However, it is they decide to end it. That's definitely one of my, my goat series is. How have you been doing, Isaac? Catch anything uh, cool lately? I'm, I'm struggling, man. It's, um, uh, I've, I've lost my way. It's uh, it's kind of sad. Oh, in what way? I've not been to the theater in uh, a long time. I think I missed the. I think the Ghibli Fest is over, eh? Um, I think it's going like maybe sporadically, like one every two months or something. Okay. Was, I just thought today I was like, wait a minute, I saw, I saw Spirit Away a few months ago, and then I, uh, you know, we also saw what was it, uh, Ponyo, like a month ago as well, or whenever it was. And uh, I think that's it. Kind of, kind of sad. And I realized, like, yeah, I've missed all these movies. And uh, I'm slowly turned into the person where it's just like, you know what? Going to a theater just seems pretty convenient for me now. And it's, uh, it's probably bad for me to say that. Because I'll go out to the store and buy something to eat because I need to eat. But for a movie, it's like, yeah, nowadays I can just watch it at home. But I don't want to. I'm resisting. I don't have the time to, you know, go see, go go sit down in the theater, even though it takes the same amount of time. Like you know, you watch a two-hour movie. So I'm conflicted, my friend. Well, you sound really under the weather, by the way. I mean, I'm well. I'm going over a cough as well, but like, I just. Other than that, I'm fine. I'm just like, 
bringing you like you know how I feel about that. Uh, you sound tired and out of it, and you sound like your spirits are down. <laughs> really? I feel like I've yeah. had that worse. Like in, in other days, like it's it's way more worse. Whereas like right now, I feel okay. You now you sound more normal. That's interesting. You say that. But when you yeah. were just telling your story, I was just like, "What is going yeah. on?" Yeah, you did sound really beaten down. <laughs> it, I just feel I feel bad, really guilty. I was like, "Jesus, you just get over COVID," because I notice, or at least locally, <laughs> COVID's been flaring up again. Uh, hmm. Yeah, here too. So, so weird. I feel like it's almost like people forgot that a pandemic happened, and. Uh, yeah, just sort of like, ah, everything's, you know, back to normal before COVID oh. happens. It's now after yeah. COVID, not during. So COVID's behind us. Once again. Somebody gets sick. If you live in Central Texas, no people only took COVID seriously for like the first two months and that was it. And and by the way, and that's including having loved ones get it, die, you know, all the business, going to ER. But despite all that Everyone just pretty much lived their regular lives almost the entire time. So, that's just that. Which, I, I kind of like that, to be honest. I know, I'm a, I'm a caveman. But, um, I like that. Versus, like, Super Lockdown and all the other stuff. Hmm. How many films have you watched last week? Uh, me? Yeah. Oh, like in the theater or just uh, in general? Just, yeah, no, in the theater and then, like, in general. Yeah, I saw Elvis, I saw Mad God, and I also went to go see The Black Phone, the new uh, Scott Derrickson. Oh, how is that one? I, I, I looked at that one, and I was just like, ah, it's, I don't know, like, the the trailer looks bad, but, like, it does. I, can't, I can't throw the film under the bus, but I, I don't know, what, what do you have to say about that one, sir? Oh, it was quality. Um, the kid performers, I thought, were both really, really good, especially, the, like, the sister character. And it's it, the the original story was by Joe Hill, and it feels through and through like a Stephen King kind of uh, short story adaption, but a really good one. So I was I was very impressed. Finally broke the streak today. Not not really. <laughs> and Scott Derrickson, despite him directing that super lackluster uh, Doctor Strange and that terrible <laughs> his first movie Hellraiser uh, Inferno. Besides those two massive duds for me, uh, he he is quite a good horror director. So I always try to catch whatever he's doing next. Nah, and this is one of his uh, one of his better efforts. Fair enough. You were gonna say something, sir. What were you gonna say? Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. The one, the one that makes me sad that you, that you miss in the theater is everything everywhere all at once. Oh, I wish I could have got you to go see that one. Yeah. No, I I don't think I'm a movieophile anymore. Oh, that that one's coming out on physical tomorrow. Nice. Uh, now, if you're talking about going to actually to the movies physically, uh, yeah, last month was one of my worst months. Uh, of actually, it was one of my worst months for just watching movies. Period. Whether it was at home or at the movies, uh, June because I track all my movie watching, and June was a very light month. I, I don't know. I, I think I was busy with work. That's what it was. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, you know, you fit it in when you when you can. Uh, it's just like at least I at least have have kept catched up on on any um, films that we're going to be covering. That's at least the only like saving grace is that I'm still nice. in the middle of watching John Wick two. But boy, I'm uh, I can't wait for that com or that speakeasy we do on because I have some thoughts on that one. 
Nice. Yeah. John Wick, you know, I've seen the first and the second, I think. And what strikes me about that movie series is, judging from the first two, those were like, that was like exactly the kind of movies I used to love when I was in like my late teens, early 20s. Like, like John Wick is like the perfect movie for me when I was that age. And when I watched those, when they came around, I was like, I like this, but I'm just not into this. Like I used like this type of genre or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it's so masterfully done. I mean, the choreography, the cinematography, everything. It's just, I, I don't know. It, I'm just not as into that as I used to be. And, uh, um, and then I always wanted to watch the third. And I have all three purchased. And yet I cannot even compel myself to watch the third movie for some reason. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I think me and Isaac, like coming back to the first one, because we both hadn't seen it in a good number of years, I think we both kind of soured on it to some degree. Um, and me and Isaac, I don't think really watch a lot of like modern action movies like that either. But but I think that that first one really does hold up and coming back to it, I was impressed how much it held up. I don't know about the sequels, though. I'm, I'm curious about them. <laughs> I've seen them both only once. I was going to say, uh, this past month has been a big movie month for me. And I've been on this crazy black exploitation, uh, just marathon. I've been watching so much That's of it. Insane. So many cool films. Um, but um, one of the ones I watched was called Black Belt Jones. I mean, Isaac went to go see Under the Dragon in the theater, and ever since then, I wanted to check out uh, what else that um, the Black Marshallers had done. I think his name is Jim Kelly. And so I've been like, oh, when am I going to check something out by him? When am I going to just push myself to do it? This Black Exploitation Fest finally made me watch Black Belt Jones, his kind of starring role after that movie, and it wasn't any oh. good. It was it was really <laughs> disappointing, but he was he was charming. Obviously, Last Dragon is a massive cult classic, obviously. Um, uh. But funny you should bring it up because I feel like there's some slight allusions to it in that show I brought up earlier um, to get down oh wait enter the dragon or the last dragon I'm sorry the last dragon <laughs> the last dragon oh, oh okay <laughs> the last yeah, very different uh... yes the last dragon another fun film <laughs> a little post black exploitation uh... oh wait, wait which one did y'all see the last dragon or enter the dragon enter the dragon oh shit I was because you said black exploitation I was automatically thinking last dragon yeah the black martial artist that kind of teams up with uh bruce lee went on to have a little bit of a black exploitation career after that movie oh okay i thought you were talking about last dragon never mind yeah doing some really bad kung fu flicks <laughs> another kind of bad kung fu flick but a really fun one the last dragon <laughs> massive massive cold it's any consolation eric i thought the uh i thought the white martial artist in the enter of the dragon was George Lazenby. Oh God! <laughs> Wait, wasn't it? Was it? Oh no, no, it wasn't. I was gonna say, was it Michael Ironside? No, it wasn't. It was that other actor. That would've been awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. I can't, I can't think of his name. Oh, and I'm trying to remember the the main character's name. What's the main character's name in The Last Dragon? Oh God! Oh, The Last Dragon? Uh, oh, Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy. 
It's only weird because, like, George Lazenby was one of the pallbearers at Bruce Lee's funeral. Yeah, Bruce Leroy, that's so terrible <laughs> and funny. Yeah, Lazenby, I only I only know him from watching special features on Bond discs. And whenever they interview him, he talks about playing the role as if he's as famous as everyone else. Like, <laughs> like Yes. <laughs> like he's just as significant as Sean Connery and Roger Moore. As if he was doing it for like 10 years. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's- that's the way he talks it's funny yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> hey that's you know that's what he likes to do he likes to kind of build himself up a little bit isaac does it seem like there's a can you see a delay as well does it seem like one's there or no i just i i always try to get my way into speaking about about something and then like yeah when you two keeps talking i'm like ah, i'm trying to read the room basically and it's not working oh yeah that's what i was wondering if there was a delay but no, there's no delay. Oh, but... I don't think there's a delay. It's just like, it's me not properly waiting for my chance to speak. So it is what it is. I hear find his butt in. You got to do what you got to do. Like I do. Uh, <laughs> see, I don't like doing that because that's just that, that's just rude in my opinion. I'm just like, I don't want to like. Well, oh, okay. Like, I don't want to butt in. Uh, but yeah, obviously I can't help it all the time. And I know sometimes I do it a lot to the point where. I can tell Sean is like starting to get like really pissed off. Yes. <laughs> There's been a couple of podcasts where I edited where at some point he's just like, shut up, Eric. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Let the man speak. Or and you... then he does switches into some sort of, uh, some sort of fake voice that he's doing. <laughs> Make some quotes. Oh yeah. So God damn. Caleb, I was so mad earlier today. Why are you mad about Eric? Because, See, I'm not used to how things work in the country. Um, and I'm speaking in terms of Texas. Uh, you know, I mostly grew up in the big city. Texas is a country now? Huh? Texas is a country now? Yeah. I I mean, yeah. Or do you mean like the like rural country? Yeah, the kind con- yeah. I do I mean both. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. Cuz I mean I mean the rural country, but I also mean it in terms of Texas as well. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And I do sometimes think of Texas as like a miniature country, and we are the only state that once was an actual independent country. Remember the Alamo. Yep. Um, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. It really is. But anyway, um, no, they teach us about it like every every year of our 12 years of school. I mean, the whole Alamo thing. <laughs> um, I know Sean is like disgusted whenever I bring that up. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh Oh, what the hell is I going to say? Okay. No, because I grew up, for the most part, in San Antonio, which, of course, is a major metropolitan area. And not only that, but they take mo- movie theaters pretty seriously in San... I mean, we've always had, like, a really, like, state-of-the-art movie scene since I was little, like, even compared to other cities. Like, we have always had, like, you know, theaters with, like, the cutting-edge projectors and sound, like... Like we always like used to like a really high standard, um, and uh, okay. Anyway, so I'm just used to that, and not not I'm not just, I'm not just talking about the quality. I'm talking about just how it is in the city. And when I look up movie times and I see a movie playing on a certain day at a certain time, I expect it to stay that way. Like if it's a week in the future or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes we can look up movie times like two weeks in advance. You know, sometimes. Anyway, so I really, really, really wanted to see and still want to see everything everywhere all at once. 
Um, and it wasn't showing at the closest movie theater to where I live in the country right now, which is 40, 40 miles away. Um, so I had to look further out and they were showing it at a theater like 77 miles away. And I'm like, okay, well, it's worth it though. Um, and I had checked on Wednesday, like, oh, it's showing at this time, these times on Saturday. I'm like, great. Okay. And I'm, I'm curious now what would have happened if I would have pre-bought my ticket back then um but Mm. if it would have changed anything but anyway and i was supposed to go with someone uh but they backed out the last minute which is which is probably good now that they did but um so i go all the way over there this morning i mean drive out there blah 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 uh and then i go to the movie theater 50 minutes before showtime and i'm just looking and i just don't see it anywhere the movie i want to see um they are still showing it, but instead of having five showings throughout the day, they only kept the last two showings. And it's obvious what they did. I guess they're anticipating no one was going to go see that movie. So they replaced its time slot with either Dumbledore or uh, Sonic 2 or something. Um, that's pretty much what they did, which I get it. Makes sense. Makes economic sense. But it fucked up my whole day, and I was pissed. And then because I drove all the way out there, I didn't want to see anything else that they had. But because I drove all the way out there, I got a ticket for Dumbledore. Um, and then I went to the theater. And then I fell asleep for 75% of the movie, um, if not more. Wow. Um, Interesting. And I was sitting next to a, like an elderly couple. Oh, and at first it was really embarrassing because I've fallen asleep in movies before. And, but usually it's okay. But this time I was snoring. That's not okay. Um, oh and so I got woken up the first time, and the, the old man was like, oh, you're snoring. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, and so I, I was able to keep myself awake for about 20 more minutes, and then I started falling asleep again. He even fell asleep once and started snoring while I was awake. <laughs> uh, and then his wife, oh, man, she must have been super pissed because she woke him up. And, and then they had to wake me up like three more times because I was like snoring three more times in the movie. And I'm sure she was just, oh, like, no. gritting her teeth and, like, super pissed. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard someone else sleeping behind us, by the way, during one of the parts when I was awake. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. And so it's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, I may still try to go see the movie tomorrow. And I may drive to a theater that's, like, 85, 90 miles away. Um, oh, wow. We'll see. That's brutal. Groovy. I want to fucking see that movie. I don't want to wait till next weekend. Um, I want to see it now. Yeah, and wasn't this? Wouldn't have this been like in the middle of the afternoon, like 12, 12 p.m. or something like that, one p.m. When I was seeing it, yeah, uh, I was playing. Yeah, I was planning to see eleven fifty for uh, Dumbledore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was midday. Yeah, Dumbledore. Yeah. See, so, yeah, everyone's falling asleep. Hmm. So it's not even like it's late at night. It it's a dull movie. Maybe, I gotta so. say, from what I remember of the movie, because I only saw twenty five percent of it. It was pretty dull mm. as far and, and I'm a fan of that of the whole Hogwarts shit. And this one seemed a lot more low key than the previous two entries in the series. Uh, it almost feels like it's dying to me. I I, I didn't see it all, but <laughs> it kinda reminds me of uh if you guys remember when they were making the Narnia movies and and like it started so big with the first one. And then it just kind of felt like it was just dying on the vine as they 
kept coming out with mm-hmm. sequels. It's kind of how I felt about this Dumbledore movie, but and then it's all weird now because you know they replaced Johnny Depp because he got canceled, and then it's weird how because J.K. Rowling is still a producer and writes the scripts or the treatments, and you know she's pretty canceled now, so it feels like it's like a poison franchise or something. Uh, and Ezra Miller. Oh yeah, that too. Yes, yes, him too. Yes. Yeah, my completely ridiculous DC groups are like, see, we all said that we're going to boycott Ezra Miller. Now the movie's failing. It's all because of us. And I'm like, oh, you bunch of crazies. Yeah, just pat yourselves on the back. It's okay. You, you guys you guys did it, just like the convoys. You get, you guys did it. You accomplished something. They, they claim that they're right now trying to uh, pressure Warner Brothers to push back the Flash and reshoot a scene where they replace Ezra Miller with Grant Gustin, wherever you say his name. Yeah, it's Grant Gustin. Who's Grant Custom? He plays a TV Flash. Oh, that would be all weird. They're like, write the letters to the studio. Tell them we're not going to go see it unless they replace them. I never liked him as the <laughs> Flash either. Well, I liked Ezra in the uh, Snyder cut of the Flash, that's for sure. I mean, not the Flash, but the um, Justice League. Mm-hmm. Some pretty awesome Flash stuff in that. Um, a couple good scenes, yeah. One of the bits I do remember from Dumbledore is at the very opening of the movie Dumbledore is with an important character and they're pretty much putting their gay gay relationship like right out there right out front right at the very top of the movie and I was just like here we go okay new world order yeah I mean I guess at least they're doing that after J.K. Rowling's like retroactive insertion right Oh, I, he's gay. I'd never felt the need to put it in the story, but since an interview asked me, interviewer asked me, yeah, he's gay. I always thought that was a strange move on her part. Like, if you really, if you really thought that, why wouldn't you include even some reference to it? But I, I, I don't know what to say about any of it. It's all bizarre to me. I mean, the origins of it, and then starting the movie with mm-hmm. it. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. Me and Caleb. I mean, I bring this up with Caleb all the time, but. I don't know if it's a me problem, or maybe it's just a me problem and, and not anybody else's problem. But I just like I bemoan like BBC productions and other modern things like the new Star Trek and the new Doctor Who. Um, j- just during the parts I'm awake, I feel the uh, the intersectional casting like in the in the Double Door movie. Like it, it just it just fits right in with all that stuff. Um, and how everything's, even though this, the thing takes place in the 20s, all the dialogue's encoded with current, um... Politics. Yeah, I was trying to think of another way to say that. But, like, modern-day mores. Uh, like buzz phrases? Not kind buzz of phrases, but obvious allusions to, like, wink-wink, strong female, wink-wink, alternate lifestyle, wink-wink... And then again, you see it in all the casting, and and you know there can't ever be, um, like a white, a white with a white couple. Like it has to always be like a mixed race couple if someone's dating, and it's like all that stuff. And I get it, especially in modern day productions. But I've always said it kind of like throws me when it's a period piece. Not to say that there weren't multiracial. Of course there were. Of course there were, but it seems to throw the balance off. Like, um, uh, and of course there are multi- multicultural cities like since the beginning of time. 
Um, mm-hmm. But it just seems to throw it off, like the ratio or something. When uh, I'm not talking about Harry Potter, but just in period pieces, when there's always like a whole bunch of prominent minority characters uh, in a historical thing, and it just it just seems like I don't know. This is a different. This is a conversation for another day. But it always like takes me yeah, out of save it. it uh, save it for our Doctor Who podcast <laughs> because they get into that all the time in the new series. But it makes more sense in a weird way with the new series. Just like it made sense in classic Trek the way they were doing it. Like, you know, it made sense that it's the late 60s, it's the Civil Rights era. That made sense, I guess, for the time. Oh, and, and they continued into the, the 90s and the 80s too. I mean, it was clearly like a point of a point that they wanted to get across in star trek that we they live in a, a much more integrated world where that kind of stuff just doesn't matter but they didn't make all the white guys evil and douchebags just the admirals and the commodores and they don't make all the the new star trek characters that way either yeah just, they do just the occasion usually not in the movies but uh in the yeah they did yeah they did tell me who the new uh, who the good ones are uh in the new series we even talked about it recently with with pike and yeah, Pike's the exception. Uh, Picard and um, those guys are already created, though. You can't count as new characters. New characters. I guess that's well. Stamets. Stamets is one gay. Gets you bought. Gets gets you a pass. If, no, seriously. If you're on the inter intersectional, intersectional. If you're on the intersectional spectrum somewhere else, then you get a pass. Because they don't even like to have white females these days either. Um, even they, they even like frown because like female isn't enough anymore, like it used to be. Well, there's the uh, there's a secondary lead in um, Lower Decks, the kind of nerdy guy who wants to. Oh my god, the animated series. Yeah, oh proper. God. Oh, you're yeah. di- you're digging deep now. That's modern Star Trek. <laughs> you're digging deep now if you're going animated series. Uh, <laughs> well, I haven't seen a lot of the newer stuff, so I can't. Uh, I can only comment on what I've seen, and I've seen a. And that's the thing now with you know now in the animated series you know now the voice actors have to be like the race of the animated character they're voicing. Yeah, that is a curious one that they feel the need to uh, emphasize that as much. But but I I mean I don't really care either. With that that kind of stuff has never really bothered me as much as it bothers you. Like I remember all the time with uh, New Doctor. Well, Who. like I said, I get it more with the modern stuff, but the period stuff it it just I'm just like what the fuck what the fuck. I remember with New Doctor Who, the RTD era, there would all the there would be all those complaints about, oh, Doctor Who, it's got the gay agenda, and they've got the mixed race couple agenda, and I was always like, what about the terrible writing agenda? That's the real problem. You guys are complaining about this. <laughs> it, the, the gay agenda, so called, it's so quaint now. Oh my god. It is. Oh, it's oh my. <laughs> they've gone so beyond the pale. Simpler times. Sarcasm mode engaged. It's it's this it's a similar time. It really is. I think people just kind of forget. If, if you're hanging out in the right places, like message boards, talking about those things, people would be going crazy. Every other character. No, but the but the gay agenda thing, it, it was a big discussion. Yeah. But it was because it was subliminal and subtle, and you know, oh, it was... <laughs> that is not the case. No, 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 no. But I, what I mean was. But now there's, there's no such thing as subliminal anymore. Everything's overt now in Doctor Who. Oh, it was overt. It was overt back then. <laughs> oh, no, some of it was. You're right. No, some of it was, but a lot. But but the whole theory 
people would be reaching for things too. I mean, there was like the obvious ones, but then there's the ones where you had to dig a little bit, like to mm-hmm. um, to make the math work. But now <laughs> there's no reason to hide anything, uh, you know. But that is one of the reasons I kind of laugh at the people who say like, "Oh, Chris Chibnall, he's ruined the show by making it a woke show." I'm like, "Well, if you've been if you've been paying attention." I mean, it's been these same people complaining this whole time, but they were still like, well, we still like it, even though it's got all these things. They didn't use the word woke back then, but they still complain. The thing is, like, yeah, good writing will cure all. I mean, because then... It, oh, but I don't know. Like, good character development. I don't know if it was necessarily there all the... Good character development, good writing, and then you can do all the whatever you want. Oh, I think it's been pretty bad for a long time, but... Oh, my God. I don't know if you've caught up on Picard... Uh, Caleb, but I, I watched the newest episode today. Oh man, we got some stuff to talk about. What episode is it, by the way? Just to ask. Uh, eight is two eight. Yep. Oh wow. To date ourselves, of course. Or maybe it's seven. Whenever Carl Carl's available, that's when I'll catch up. Otherwise, I'm I'm holding off until I'm at podcast uh, gunpoint. Star Trek. We got oh, some doozies. Trek. We got some doozies. Uh, some Titus. Oh, some shit. Some shit to talk about in Picard. Yeah, let's get to uh, let's get to this doozy. Hot tea, buddy. Transformers. Well, this is a little better than that, I'd say, personally speaking. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll definitely discuss. It. That's a shock to say. That's, that's that's shocking for me to say after the previous one. But anyway. Yeah, and maybe there'll be some shocks for me too. But oh, but tell me, it's gonna be worth it, right? I'm talking about if I drive 100 miles tomorrow to go see that movie, it's gonna be worth it. Yes, I would think so. I mean. I think even if you get, if even if you're not as into the movie, you'll still be impressed by some really great um, filmmaking. Okay, because but it is a very particular tone. I so. was I was so pissed. Like, even though I wanted to see Dumbledore, like not nearly as much, not <laughs> not even close. And I wasn't even in the mood for it. Oh God, I just wanted to go home. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it it does it does have a very particular tone. And if you don't go with the tone, I think you wouldn't like the movie. But you'd still appreciate the really unique style to it. So, and plus, you're you're big into uh, parents and their children's relationship type films. Oh boy, is that is that my thing? <laughs> oh yeah, I I think you'll appreciate that element. So, God, I still think Interstellar is better than everybody thinks it is. <laughs> I knew it was gonna go back to that. I cannot get off that. I cannot get off that. <laughs> oh my God, it is so much. Fun. Hey man, I'm sort of with you on that one. Oh god, it's so yeah. much better. Uh, oh man. Yeah, one day we'll cover that, and you can all I'll, we'll give you the air to to speak for a whole hour. I, I still think it may it may arguably arguably be still his or be his best film uh, to date. Is there a commentary for that? I forget. Uh, no, no one doesn't do commentaries. That's interesting. I don't even I didn't even know that. Uh, I never realized that, and he doesn't have commentaries by other people on his discs. I don't think so. They don't really... I feel like that's kind of a special feature. They don't care about it anymore. They just like cheap, like, 10-minute-long promotional ones. Everyone's great. He will do interviews for his movies um, where he'll explain a lot. A lot more than you think he will. Because um, I catch those yeah. somewhere. Uh, maybe it's on Criterion Special Features. I see that, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he did it more early in his career. Oh, that's for sure. Oh man, I hear good things. Yeah, now usually when he does those, I hear good things about his new one. Oh, I'm so pumped. But 
It's gonna be. I mean, oh. you had so many debates. What's he gonna do next? Is it gonna be a big blockbuster or something more, kind of lower key? And this definitely seems lower key. It so. does, but it, it, I'm still curious how it's gonna translate. You know, are there gonna be? Is he gonna have no time jumps? Is he gonna have no? Or he, I'm sure he'll have heightened suspenseful sequences. But how is he gonna pull that off in the context of the subject material? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm hopeful he'll branch away from his usual way of storytelling and just give us something really fresh. But And the cast is insane. But, uh, yeah. Oh, I know. Killian Murphy, I'm so pumped. There's, like, so many people, so many notables. Yeah. Did you ever see that uh, video? I, I It's been coming up on my YouTube feed, recommendations feed, uh, where Killian Murphy actually, like, was in the bat suit and he tested for it. No, I've not seen anything about that. Okay. I don't know if that's a special feature on, like, the Batman films or not. But hmm. I, I've, I, I'm going to watch it. I want to see if it's uh, how, he, how he's like as, as Bruce Wayne. I could maybe see him as Bruce Wayne. Would be interesting yeah, I could see that, too. Hmm. Um, it, with this new Karate Kid movie, is it taking into account all that has happened in Cobra Kai? Uh, presumably, because it is supposed to be in-universe, not a reboot, not related to the Jackie Chan movie, so it should take into consideration um, the series. By the way, I was very disappointed by the fifth series. I'm a massive fan of that show, and I was very disappointed by the most recent Oh, really? Season. Yeah. Was that the final one, or, or just another entry? It's unclear, unclear. If they make a sixth one, um, I think that would be the last, probably. They've mm. kind of they laid hints for a six series, that's for sure. Um, but I'll tell you what I noticed, and it's because I noticed these. Well, you'd probably notice it too, Caleb, because you're like me in this way. But I don't think general audiences noticed it. Um, the production values went down significantly. Not that it was an expensive show to begin with production wise but um how i like the starkest example is for example like danny larusso adult like runs a car dealership so you know whenever they would go to the car dealership they shot at a real car dealership you know imagine that um <laughs> in this season when they went to the car dealership it was like a set at a saved by the bell oh no Let's go like a, like a sitcom set, and I and I was like, what the fuck? And like every location they went to, like a dojo or something, everything was like a sitcom set. I mean, okay, it wasn't that drastic, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You can tell, um, yeah, what a sitcom set looks like. And so I was like, uh oh, they they slashed the budget. Like that's a, that that's not a good sign. Like I don't, I don't, did you watch the show Community? Uh, I, I think I watched the first season, not all the way through. Oh, God. It got really good, like, in the first three seasons. But I think it was, like, the fourth season or fifth season, the budget started to to get severely cut. And by the time they got to, like, the fifth season, which was, like, on Yahoo TV or something. Um, oh, wow. Oh, my God. It felt like every episode was a bottle episode. like, And, like, you could just tell they were on these, like, it reminded me of when they brought out the TARDIS set in McCoy's last season. Oh, no. And they just had, like, one roundel wall 
and they just had like the console and then everything else was like shadows like yeah oh suddenly the lights aren't working oh community got so yeah community got so weird like it felt like it was being shot like on a theater stage or something um it was Yikes. weird i hated it oh but yeah so cobra kai had a little bit of that feel to me which really bothered me um but now they've done practically every character <laughs> from the first three original movies um there's only one original movie left so i'm real curious oh wow hillary swank is like the last you know the last person of significance um, i was gonna say do you consider that part of the original three uh, original movies but or is it just like a tag on it's a tag on because uh, the original yeah. three are definitely like a trilogy um but it's still miyagi and is what's his name still alive michael ironside yeah i think he's still kicking around somewhere yeah because he was in, in the next karate kid and that would just be completely nuts if he showed up on uh, on Cobra Kai I don't know what he's doing these days yeah I haven't heard from, heard from him in ages hmm. he wasn't in uh, David Cronenberg's recent films was he no no he hasn't been in his stuff in a very long time sad I used to freaking love Michael Ironside god he looks different now I saw a picture of him now more and more recent well, I think the last thing I know of significance he did was voiced Sam Fisher in, was it Ghost Recon's Wildlands DLC or Mission? I don't even remember. But just to give those uh, Splinter Cell fans like something to hope for. Yeah, I never really played those games. Oh, he was in that movie Nobody that was getting some play recently. Um, but I haven't seen it. Oscar one? Huh? Was it? Oh, was that one up for an Oscar? I'm trying to remember if... Maybe maybe it's so. not the movie I'm thinking of. No, I don't think... It stars What's-His-Name from Better Call Saul. Uh, Bob oh, Odenkirk. okay, that one. Yeah. Mm. He was in that. Fake notes. What? Um, that's what I call it. My, my, Interesting. my lack of prep uh, for when I podcast. <laughs> I usually call it fake notes. I feel like you prep for everything. Ah, no, 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 no. My fake nose is about the most I do these days. It's so funny. Going back to 2009, when I first... The very first time, times, I recorded a proper podcast. Um, man, I would actually print out notes, like, on actual paper. And I'd, I'd get different sources and print them out on multiple pages and during the podcast i gotta have the pages like laid out in front of me so i have the information right there and i can pull it and oh, that was in the days when it was so serious like we were actually doing something the halcyon days yeah and now i just have my fake notes just pretending to put some effort into things um, like me usually the bare minimum i gotta ask eric this is this is a personal question it's a very very personal question have you okay. ever known any person in your entire life, your existence on this planet, who's had scurvy before? I don't think so. Okay. Think so. Thank you. Why? 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 Me neither. Uh, it was just uh, it's just my, my siblings afraid that they're gonna get scurvy, mm. even though they have like tomato and avocado every day for lunch. So it's like, um, no, that's all. 
I don't know if people who have the paleo diet get it. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. The old Bo Burnham, he, he mentioned scurvy in one of his dumb jokes when he was a young guy. Do you know who Bo Burnham is? Oh, is, oh uh, uh, who, sorry? Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. It, name rings a bell. Not important, but he's been making comedy since he was like in middle school. And uh, in his young days when he was still in school, he had this one joke. He said uh, something like, like my new album's this is back like in 2008 or something. He's like, my new album is going to, you know, debut on, on iTunes next week. Um, but if you pirate it, you're going to get AIDS. And then he says, I would have thought scurvy, oh but anyway. And then he just continues on. And at first oh I was like, what is he talking about? And then I, and then I got the joke. <laughs> the stupid joke. That's fair. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, and the last thing, I'll just say in oh, current events and whatever. Uh, Caleb, um, not this recent Saturday just passed, but the previous Saturday. It's the first time I saw Sean in person in in, about, oh. in approximately four years or so, four or five years is the wow. last time I saw him in person. So February twelfth. Uh, yeah, and uh, and you know he invited me because uh, my kid was over here and, and we were going to meet up anyway, me and Sean, and then he's like. We were gonna meet him on set on that Saturday, and he's like, "Oh, he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, but he's like, I completely forgot I have a murder mystery thing," and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's whatever, it's no big deal." And he's like, "But if you want, he's like, you can come to the murder mystery, and you know, he's like, oh. he's like, you'll get dinner," and I was like, oh. "You know, I've always wanted to see Sean do his thing since he started his side business." approximately four or five years ago or maybe it was six years ago now and so i thought oh okay well okay and i did not know when i accepted his offer that he was going to make me one of the participants um of the murder mystery um i had no idea so i had to play a character and and real quick like so now that so Sean has this location. He, he's done it many, many times now. So you know he's he's done this. So he's used to it or whatever. He has like his whole routine and everything. And you know I've known Sean for a while, but when he because he MCs the whole night and he's done it, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of repetitions now. He has like a whole routine that he does on mic in front of the audience. It's almost like seeing like a seasoned comic like just going through their spiel and like the way he walks back and forth and he's holding the mic and he's like saying these like sort of cheesy dumb jokes I guess he's said a lot of times before and I was like wow because I've never seen Sean like this before I've seen him host gatherings before but it was just it was like on a different level uh, than what I had seen before and I thought it was interesting um, cause he emceed the whole night and, and there was about 50 people there, which he said was like a small crowd, but it's, it's a post COVID crowd or whatever. And these people, man, the other characters, they were like really into whatever character they were playing. Um, and, he, and these are mostly people who don't know each other. Uh, they, they paid to attend this thing just cause they want to try this, whatever. See, I have like no interest in this. Um, like as far as actually doing it myself, 
but the other people were highly motivated with their costumes and being in, in character. And the way it works is um, there's 10 suspects and Sean has to interview every suspect in front of everyone and everyone can ask questions, you know, to try to figure out who the murderer is. And, and like, I was just watching the other suspects before me and they were just so into it and giving it their all that it made me nervous because I was like, I didn't even know about this until yesterday. I've done no prep and I'm just like studying my character bio like trying to remember the main points about my character and everyone was bringing it so much like it it made me think like oh god how am i what am i gonna do now because i feel pressure because everyone's so involved um and i literally had no idea what i was gonna do uh and then my and then sean just when it was my turn finally he was like, here you go, just take the mic. He's like, I'm going to go get a drink. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so then I was just standing in front of these 50 strangers. But as soon as I got the mic in my hand, somehow my brain went into work mode with what I do for my regular job. And I felt completely comfortable. And I was working the mm -hmm. crowd a little bit. And I've never done that before um, outside of work. I've never worked a crowd like in public. Um, and yeah, yeah. So it actually turned out okay. I would never do it again. And I mean, I could just because I don't have interest in that. But sure, I had to play the suspect. I was Dewitt the Entertainer. Um, yeah. And so yeah. Oh, that's real fun. You get to see a different mode for Sean. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, I wish I had some video of it. Uh, of any, <laughs> I just have a little bit of Sean MCing, but I don't have anything of the suspects or what I was doing. Yeah, that's it. Can't believe he does that. Yeah, no, that's a cool thing that he does. It's crazy. It's crazy. And he, and he has all these different scenarios and he wrote them all himself. And they're created in such a way that kind of a little bit like how Choose Your Own Adventure books. Oh, you guys are young. You know, I don't know if you know anything about Choose Your Own Adventure. I know what books. it is. We know what those yeah. are. Okay, okay. Yeah, I read I never of them. had one of them, but like I know what they are. Yeah, I still got several actually. So the structure is a little bit like that, in which different decisions can change the outcome. Um, also, there's some luck of chance. They're designed in such a way that even if you attend the same scenario for your second or third time, the killer is not always the same person. It can change because there's different factors that can happen that will change the outcome. Uh, of the murder and even though we're all suspects and even though there's all these clues and things that make us all suspects um uh we don't even know if we're the killer um when when the audience is questioning us and, and we're just answering their questions like based on the little bios that he wrote and stuff uh, so i don't know, know. it's interesting I mean, Choose Your Adventure is like evolved in video games into like if you ever mm -hmm. like heard of like a, uh, the company Quantic Dream, those guys, and same with like Telltale in a way, sort of. But th there are like obviously set endings. I mean, that's the same with any any Choose Your Adventure or what Sean does. Like, there's set endings, but even still, yeah, there's only eight, there's eight possible outcomes, uh, but just depending on different things that happen, you know, 
It's like a switch will set off a different course, you know what I mean? Of course, yeah. Yeah. Until dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was there? Nah, that's all I can think of, really, for Choose Your Adventures. Oh, there was some old school video games that were actually out the same back in the 80s, like, um, that were famous back then. They, they weren't exactly Telltale games, but they were similar. Oh, yeah, I just mean, like, Telltale from the new 10s, not not so much, like... Oh, I know, I know what you mean. No, yeah, but back in the 80s, there was... Well, there was the, the King's Quest games, which the ones that are point-and-clicks, that were very popular, uh, which there's some of those still exist nowadays. Um, I mean, there's modern versions. Um, but then there was the text-based computer games, and they were like Choose Your Own Adventure, like in text form. And there, and there was some very popular ones, and one of the most popular is the Hitchhiker's one, based on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That was, and Qualcomm was the name of the, or Infocom, Infocom, Infocom was the company that made all these famous text-based games. Um, uh, whatever, but yeah. Or I don't know. Did you watch? Um, do y'all watch? Uh, what's that thing called? I didn't watch Bandersnatch though. No. Exactly, Bandersnatch. That was giving me all the '80s vibes and reminded me so much of those games that I, I'm talking about right now. Because the way Bandersnatch works... Nor is Caleb, no. Caleb, have you watched that? But you watch Black Mirror, you just didn't watch Bandersnatch? Oh, I haven't seen either of them. <laughs> I just know about Bandersnatch. Because everybody was talking about it. It was like, you know, the discourse for a while. I thought it was pretty ingenious. I thought it was pretty ingenious. I mean, it's gimmicky. But I thought it was ingenious that you... As you were actually watching the episode on Netflix... You could actually participate. And you could actually change the outcome. And different people saw different endings depending on it and i just thought that's amazing that 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 can function through bandersnatch you guys talk about yes mm. did you watch that yeah yep yeah it was a little bit hokey but i actually i like i couldn't i like that gimmick of like i was just saying of the different endings and i think i've saw i i did it enough times that i virtually saw every possible ending <laughs> yeah and they did a few more they did uh Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt had one. Oh, I didn't know that. And then uh, so did uh, WWE did one on Netflix as well. Escape the Undertaker. WWE? Yeah. They partnered with Netflix for that one thing. I didn't even know there was anything WWE period on Netflix. Yeah, it was super random. That's the only thing they've done together. I'm not sure how that came about, but... Oh, but uh, you guys ready to uh, get this <laughs> get this started here? Yes. Choose my own adventure, potentially. Potentially. <laughs>